We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, jingity jing It's Dominic the donkey Jingity jing The Italian Christmas donkey I just like to say as an Italian-American I don't care for this song I don't care for this song And I know that Mike Petralia is probably going to hang up the phone When he hears me say that Dregs is probably I'm just guessing probably likes this song I never ever liked this my family, we'd play it every Christmas, and I thought it was just so dumb. It's about a donkey, and they bring the donkey out, and what? And then what? It's a classic. And then what? And climb the hills of You know, having half the chorus be donkey sounds is why I don't like it. You know what I mean? This is our, this is our people's big Christmas song. And we have a donkey braying and hee-hawing in the middle of the court. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like, I feel like the Italian people have donated, contributed so much to culture and Christmas and everything. But when it comes to our Christmas song, we get Dominic the donkey. What's that about? How did it come to that? Anyways, I want to welcome in Kyrie Thompson. Sorry, I just had to get that off my test. Uh, WEEI.com is joining me in studio right now. Uh, Fitzy's still here as well. And uh, we're going to be joined by Trags in just a minute. But real quick, uh, Kyrie, great to meet you in person, buddy. Yeah, no, man. It's been a minute. We talked on, uh, you know, various airwaves. Had you on the First and Fox right. podcast. Stream it. Uh, download it wherever you get your podcasts and all that. I just want to say two things. Number one. I mean, uh, as, a, as a fellow Dominic, I'm a little bit insulted by the fact that that song exists. Uh, it's really bad. Also, my people uh, got all I want for Christmas. So, you know, that that's... I, I take a lot of pride in that, personally. I mean, it's a lot better than Dominic the Donkey. Let's yeah, no, yeah. That, well, that, that listen, song's struggling. I'm sorry, though. There's, there's not much for my people, either, so it's <laughs> it's okay at this point, guys. All right. I mean, it is a really bad song. Like, it's just a Christmas donkey. Like, nothing about the Feast of the Fishes, nothing about Baby Jesus... No, or Christmas it's miracles. Dominic, hey, everybody, check out this friggin' donkey. <laughs> I mean, don- aren't don- donkeys are involved somewhat in the nativity story somewhere? Yeah, I think the three wise men wrote, wrote in. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah,
I don't know what it was. I wasn't there. <laughs> um, and I don't think our guest was either, uh, but he's probably a little closer. That, of course, is Mike Petralia, who joins us on the line right now. Uh, Mike Petralia, who can check out on the Jungle Roar podcast. And uh, he's also uh, the CLNS Media, lots of things, and also a uh, alumnus of WEEI and WEEI.com. Trags, it is great to have you on, man. I miss you, buddy. Uh, how's Cincinnati treating you, first of all? Treating me very well, and as somebody who has not one but two vowels at the end of their last name, I never did understand Dominic the Donkey. Thank you. Oh, I, thank I, you. I, I never did. I thought you were going to hang up in protest when I said all that bad, no, nasty no, no, stuff. No, no, no. I, I, respect, I respect you guys too much to do that. Uh, we have too much to catch up on, and Cincinnati's treating me great, by the way. That's great it to is, hear. Uh, it's uh, from Bur- from Brady to Burrow is pretty is a pretty good life if you're a football writer. I gotta say. Um, yeah, what did you know, Trags, in advance to make the jump from Brady yeah, to yeah. Burrow? Like you got out early, you left us all behind. Yeah, Zach Taylor often uh, has. Well, last year called me the secret sauce, and I'm like, mm, I don't think I'm I'm as much to do with the sauce and 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 the uh, cooking as uh, your quarterback is but uh, if you want to give me the credit that's great but uh, it's just been you know really uh, it's a different culture it's it's a lot of fun uh, the wide receivers uh, are a big part of that team and Joe Burrow uh, has a defense I, I will tell you in all seriousness guys watching Joe Burrow in this offense um, is a lot like watching Brady with Patriots 1.0 because the defense the Bengals defense is so good do not look past the defense on this team uh, you know, not only this Saturday, but uh, going forward, if they uh, manage to make it to the playoffs, win their division, uh, their defense is going to be a big part of the equation in terms of how far into the playoffs and if they get back to the Super Bowl, uh, the Bengals get. All right, well, Trags, the uh, Patriots offense is like watching uh, your parents' sex tape is what it's like. Um, oh it may God. be even not that, uh, not that exciting. With Dominic the donkey in it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that being said, it's going to be an emotional day for you, I'd imagine, when the Bengals finally, for once and for all, put an end to the uh, Patriots' season. I mean, that's, that's on the line See, here. Is that something the Bengals I, are even thinking about? Well, let me bring up on to Cincinnati. And we all remember what happened the Monday night before on to Cincinnati. They were blown out by Kansas City. Uh, a certain reporter we all know and love asked Bill Belichick about the quarterback position. We got the Bill Belichick passive dismissive answer. And the Bengals, uh, next in six days later, as a matter of fact, um, were blown off the uh, Gillette Stadium turf 43 to 17. Probably not the same cast of characters when you're talking about the Bengals uh, this time around, but I will tell you, uh, whenever uh, you are a follower of the Bengals, and I was even back then, you know, even though I was covering the Patriots, I was um, intrinsically interested in uh, what the Bengals were doing week to week. I thought that the Bengals were not prepared that game. I think they're going to be prepared on Saturday to try and take care of business, clinch a playoff berth. but there's always that thought in the back of your mind, uh, if you're from Cincinnati, that um, how are the Patriots going to spoil the Bengals' plans on Christmas Eve, no matter how good or bad the Patriots might be playing. Mike, um, this is Kyrie here. I Hi, Kyrie. I, I've been really fixated with this idea of you know the the legend of Joe Cool, right? You know, you know Joe yep. Joe Berg, you know that that whole thing, and how we've got Mac Jones right now, who has been. The opposite of cool the last couple of weeks. You know, he's, he's very fiery. He's been like that for a while. And I keep telling myself maybe Mac Jones 
could learn a little bit of something from the way Joe Burrow operates. <clears throat> I mean, I've I've heard stories that I mean, Joe Burrow will will get after you, and he's not he won't back down from anybody. He gets after the defense. When you look at the way that that Joe Burrow has has you know kind of operated the way that he has led, what stands out to you about him? So, and and I know Belichick uh, mentioned this yesterday during his press conference. Um, it is the way. Burrow performs in the fourth quarter under big moments and, you know, the pressure and the lights never get too bright. Pressure never gets too big for Joe Burrow. He is the same quarterback. And who did we always used to say that about? Number 12. When people in Cincinnati ask me, knowing my background, that what are the similarities you see between Tom Brady and Joe Burrow, I immediately tell them the way they handle big situations and the way they never let the situation become too big – um, and the way they perform under pressure, that's the number one similarity between the two. And that's what I would tell you to watch with, with Joe Burrow. Last week in Tampa, I was down there. Um, they were down 17 nothing. Burrow didn't change the way he played. He didn't do anything out of character. He didn't try to make throws that weren't there to be made. Um, they still ran the ball. Uh, and he managed the game just like the game was 0-0 and waited for the defense uh, to get a turnover or at least flip the field uh, in terms of field position. And that's exactly what happened in the, in the third quarter when Brady and the Bucks turned the ball over four straight times. Uh, I mean, they couldn't have expected that kind of good fortune. But still, Burrow will not panic even when the team is behind. And I think, you know, when you, when you watch Joe Burrow, that is what sticks out to me the most. Yeah, I mean, he the throw he made against Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, Trags, was like the yeah. stuff of luncheon. I mean, it's amazing. Brady used to make yeah. the same kind of throws as well to save the Patriots bacon over and over and over again. But I kind of want to go back a little bit to the start of the season when we all realized that the Cincinnati Bengals are, are an offensive lineman away from winning a Super Bowl that they were highly competitive in. I mean, like if they had two more seconds, he might have been able to find Jamar Chase down the sideline for a game-winning score. Correct. But they invest heavily in the in the offseason. They're becoming a national team. They invest in their offensive line. They still have the elite weaponry, but it's a bit of a tough start to the season. They end up 4 and 4. Now they've rattled off six straight and I think they're on a collision course with Buffalo in the AFC Championship and maybe they'll meet up with KC again along the way. What sparked the change to get them going on this six-game win streak? Well, that's a great question and I I would say um you know it was again the defense playing, you know, lights out. You know, when the offense was struggling, what really sparked the change with the with the Bengals uh, is their defense really stepped up to the fore, and they hammered the Carolina Panthers uh, right before their bye, 42-21, a game that wasn't even that close. And they had that feeling going into the bye. They were 5-4 and four last year at the bye, and there was that sense of, we did it last year, we know we're a good team, And we're going to get on a roll. And, you know, if you ask Joe Burrow, if you ask Zach Taylor, which we did, uh, you ask everybody in the locker room, there was never a doubt in their mind that they were a good team, a very good team. And, again, going back to those Patriot teams, those Patriot – how many years did we talk about the slow two-and-two starts, the one-and-three starts, even the three-and-one starts when the Patriots were trying to find out who they were in the first month of the year? Very similar storyline to what was going on in Cincinnati. They knew they were uh, four and four after that hideous loss in in uh, Cleveland on Halloween, but there was never the sense of 
we're not going to recover and and rebound and make a run for the playoffs and eventually the Super Bowl. There was always that sense, that confidence, that they knew how good they were, even when they were losing players. That game against the Browns on Halloween was their first game without Jamar Chase. And uh, many people in Cincinnati panicked, like, okay, they don't have Jamar Chase. They have no idea what they're going to do on offense. Well, Joe Burrow never thought like that. He felt like, you know, they have a lot receivers behind Jamar Chase, believe it or not, uh, and not just T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. They have somebody by the name of Trenton Irwin, who you might get to know on Saturday. They have Trent Taylor, who's kind of a, you know, Julian Edelman uh, replica, if you will. Um, Certainly not the same kind of player, but they have those role players, and it's those role players that really uh, picked up the slack. And once they won that game against Carolina, came back from the bye, beat Pittsburgh, won in Tennessee, they knew they were on their way. Uh, Trags, real quick, before we let you go, I saw Trey Hendrickson, and you were talking about the defense this yes. whole time and how good they are. Yep. Trey Hendrickson's playing with a broken <laughs> wrist. Do the Bengals know that they don't really need him to slow down this <laughs> offense? Like, Why would you risk putting that guy out there against an offense that couldn't even score against the Raiders? Well, I, they're not taking anything for granted, first of all. And and I understand where you're going with that point. But Trey Hendrickson is an incredibly competitive guy. He wants to get back on the field, and he wants to see if he can actually play with the injury, which it's one of those fractures that is not um, going to be made worse by him playing. That it's, it's a pain tolerance type of deal. Uh, sort of was the same situation last week with Tyler Boyd and his finger. As long as uh, Trey Hendrickson can play with pain and grip onto the offensive lineman or whoever in front of them and play, they're going to want him to play, and he's going to want to play. All right, then we'll leave it right there. Mike Petralia, it was awesome talking to you, man. I'm glad we uh, I'm glad we got to do this. Thanks so much for the time. Happy holidays, guys. See you later. Thank you, Trags. You too, pal. That's uh, Trags. Mike Petralia joining us here um, from his uh, uh, from the – I don't know where he is. He's probably here now, I'd imagine, but uh, he's in Cincinnati, and he's got uh, – Skyline Chili headquarters. That's right. What is that stuff, anyway? It's uh, a very, like, thinly minced meat uh, cinnamon and cocoa flavor. On top of spaghetti, uh, right? Yeah, you serve it on a hot dog or spaghetti. My my college roommate God, that uh, sounds terrible. is from Cincinnati, yeah. and I, I kind of I grew up eating it. I love it. It's terrible, but I Ugh. love it. Uh, anyway, this podcast is called the Jungle Roar Podcast. Uh, check it out. And, again, thanks again to Trags. All right, I believe we bid adieu to uh, Mr. Fitzy right now. Fitzy, this was awesome. Thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for filling in today. It was great. Enjoyed every minute of it, Arkan. Looking forward to, once again, I pass the baton to Kyrie. They've been coming in hot, my friend. You get a good <laughs> ticket the rest of the way. Uh, have a great show and a happy holiday to both of you guys. All right, oh, absolutely. Uh, right back at you there. Uh, Nick Fitzy Stevens, thanks so much. And uh, we'll take a quick break. First, though, we have Trending with Bridget, and then we're right back. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com, brought to you by 99 Restaurants. The Patriots are three-point underdogs hosting the Bengals on Saturday at 1 p.m. kickoff. Devontae Parker, Jalen Mills, Joe Cardona did not practice, while Jacoby Myers, Jack Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Jonathan Jones, and Tyquan Thornton were all limited. Former Red Sox Jeter Downs was claimed by the Nationals, according to Ian Brown. And the Celtics lost to the Pacers 117-112 last night. They host the Timberwolves tomorrow night. They have now lost three consecutive games and five of their last six. They also play on Christmas, a 5 p.m. tip-off against the Bucks, And the Bruins host the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Puck drop at 7 p.m. I'm Bridget Prue, and that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. a good Christmas song. This makes up for Dominate the Donkey. Perfect. Is it okay to like still play this Michael Jackson? Right? Like Jackson 5 Michael Jackson? I still feel like that's okay to play. For the Christmas season, for it's, Christmas it's, it's allowed. Yes. You know who sucks at Christmas songs? The Beatles. <laughs> I uh, you going to say whoever sings Dominate the Donkey. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, or, or yeah, any but, animal at a Christmas song. I, I uh, mean, for real though, like that Beatles Christmas song, the, uh, the Wonderful Christmas Time, like that is the most like Basic that song, song I've ever heard. I hate that song. And I also hate John Lennon, uh, oh, this is Christmas, with the kids chanting in the background. You know that song? What, is it Happy Christmas, right? Happy Christmas. That song, oh, my God. I know it's supposed to be like a serious, oh, there's people having bad times all around the world. Don't care. Don't want to hear that at Christmas. Don't want to hear a bunch of sad kids chanting. That doesn't need to be on the Christmas playlist. Can I we actually just keep like it that to, one. I, oh, really? I, yeah, I think that's a good one. Oh, Man, come I, on. I don't, I don't even know what y'all are talking about. Now, unfortunately, you got to play it for the next No, break. we don't have to. <laughs> I don't want to. Play. No Beatles Christmas songs. That's the one rule I have. I have no rules except no Beatles Christmas songs. And that's a rule I stand by. Uh, we have some breaking news. Patriots have released their final injury report for this week. Joe Cardona, Jalen Mills, and Devontae Parker all ruled out. I think this might be the first game that Joe Cardona has ever missed in his NFL career, which 
Uh, obviously, that means the Patriots are going to need a new long snapper for this next game, and you hope that doesn't come back to bite them. On the questionable side of things, we have Damian Harris, Jack Jones, Jonathan Jones, Jacoby Myers, Ramondre Stevenson, Tyquan Thornton, and Yadni Kajust was removed from the injury report after participating fully on Wednesday. He should be good to go which would make me think that he might come back and start at right tackle. We shall see. I'm also not that worried about Ramondre Stevenson because he was at the podium today. I asked him a couple of questions, and that's generally a good sign for your availability. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Um, Joe Cardona, Jalen Mills, Devontae Parker all out. Of those three names, I feel like the most impactful one, it could be Cardona because he's been so steady, but I feel like this team's really missed Devontae Parker when he's been out. Yes. Especially now with Mac trying to go downfield the way he has and sort of, you know, the short game sucks, I want to air it out, and now he's doing that, and I feel like Parker's probably his best deep ball guy. Yes, and I think that was seen in that Baltimore game where yeah. he had his best game of the season as far as really cutting the ball loose down the field, and and even in that Minnesota game where he had his you know career high in yardage, he hit Devontae Parker on a you know downfield like skinny post, right? I mean that that's yeah. the kind of stuff that that he does. Like Devontae Parker runs like three routes, <laughs> but. I mean, he's got the size and, and just the leaping ability to to make that stuff work down the field. And without that, I mean, you're throwing those kinds of balls to Nelson Aguilar now or Jacoby Myers. And, and so the, the attrition is real and it, it becomes a little bit of the kind of receiver room that you had last year where, again, it's kind of undersized guys, not as much speed as you want, though, I mean, Tyquan Thornton is starting to work his way into more snaps, but they haven't been using him, so that's that's You're a right. problem in and of itself. So I think that's definitely going to be a big deal. I mean, Jalen Mills not being in there can be a big deal, especially against a bigger receiving core that the Bengals have. you got a bunch of dudes that are you know, six foot and above there. It'd you... be nice to have them at full strength in yes. the secondary against yeah. those guys. I know that you know Vegas has a pretty good secondary to them, Mills didn't play there. They have one guy you really got to worry about. Bengals have like four guys you got to worry about. Every single one of them. Yeah. And and I think that's the thing, right? Against the Raiders, you were able to mitigate some of that. You gave some attention to to, uh, to Devontae Adams. And you're saying, okay, well, Darren Waller, I mean, also very good. But, you know, some of the other, like Mac Hollins, go ahead and beat us, Mac Hollins. Or, you know, beat us, Keelan Cole. And obviously they did that. They threw to Mac Hollins like seven straight times in that fourth quarter. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And, and I mean... You know, eventually you you make some plays because you're open, and that's that's the matchup. That's what you want. You're saying, go ahead, beat us, Mac Hollins. Now against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know that you want to say go ahead and beat us, T. Higgins, because T. Higgins <laughs> will. will beat you. <laughs> Tyler Boyd is the third receiver on that team, and he he would be the leading receiver on this team. So we got to keep that part in mind too. Yeah, uh, no question about it. I think it would be great to have the secondary at full strength because. I feel like outside of Jonathan Jones, you got a lot of rookies that you're dealing. You know, uh, Jack Jones is questionable. Marcus Jones, I like. He's my favorite player on the team this year, and I thought he did a great job on uh, Adams until the very end when they switched him off Adams and he got beat by Col uh, Hollins a couple times. I thought yeah. that was, uh, and then the uh, was the guy and who the caught Keelan the touchdown. Cole, yeah, yeah, Keelan Cole with the touchdown. Like that was. I thought he played such a great game, and then at the end, it was almost like the Raiders started picking on him. Yeah, and I think some of that was like prevent defense to an extent with with some of the the short routes that got hit right there. Because yeah, he had that one pass breakup on Adams, and I'm like, really? Mm. You got that? He's he's given up several inches and like 
40 pounds and in, 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 in such in weight. And he's going down there running stride for stride, and he had a pass breakup on one of the best receivers in all of football. Now, I think that some of the catches that he gave up later, it's because they're telling him, yeah, play 10 yards off the ball, right. and then he breaks him off with a with a curl route or a stop route, and then it's, that that's easy money. So that's a coaching thing. But I think that with that touchdown, Marcus has got to be in a better position there. The, the rule, the only rule, the only rule there is don't get beat deep. And he got beat deep. Yeah. Um, we were talking about Mac Jones and his emotions and how emotional he's been on the sidelines. Um, he talked about that a little bit today. He talked, he's been talking about that all week, really. Um, we played Julian Edelman earlier uh, in the show. Edelman's had it with Mac and his antics. He's not the only former Patriot and really former Patriot legend that's uh, sort of done with Mac and his frustrations. Here's Vince Wilfork yesterday on NBC Sports Boston. Don't say retire. You know, he, you know, you're the leader of the team. You're a quarterback, so you can't be frustrated every single week, every single play. I don't care if you're getting a play call in late or whatever it may be. At the end of the day, you have to you have to show some voice because. You operate the ship. You're the head of the ship when you're out there, and then you got the teammates looking at you every week and every play and every other play is this, that, and other. Hey, control what you can control. You know, that's all you can do. You know, we get it because at the end of the day, everybody's not playing the way they're capable of playing. That's just what it is, everybody, you know, including him. So I'm not just going to all throw it on him, but at this point, I'm tired of seeing it. I think a lot of other people's tired of seeing it, and I'm here to say it. We're tired of seeing it. Two things. Number one, Vince Wilfork's got to get whatever setup fits he has because that was that was tough. That audio. I mean, that's you know, it's TV here, folks. Come on, Vince. You can afford it. I don't <laughs> even know. I don't even know what you get. Uh, what like a lot of these guys just go on Zoom calls, right? Like you just got a yeah, nice clear Zoom connection. Using like the generic like built-in speaker to his computer. Yeah, that was rough. Anyway, number two. Uh, this is the second now Patriot icon that has called out Mac Jones. Is that a coincidence, Kyrie Thompson? It can't be, right? No, absolutely not. And I think that it's it's something that we've heard from, um, you know, kind of veteran personalities around the league, whether they're analysts, whether they're players. It's kind of like, hey, Mac, uh, you know, chill out. I mean, uh, uh, Jermaine Wiggins said it on this station. It's just like you don't you don't have the standing to be acting like that. I think that there's a little bit of context to it. I mean, it at this point in the season. Mac Jones has said a couple of times now that he's been trying to get his guys fired up because they've been coming out flat. And I also think that anybody would probably be frustrated as as heck with this offense and, and the way that it has been transpiring. It's not getting better, and it's probably not going to get better. At the same time, you know, for example, people were asking questions about Mac Jones's mechanics. Were Mac Jones's mechanics the problem with why he was missing some of those throws? I think that, honestly, it was more his mental state. I feel like his equilibrium was thrown off in that game, and he was playing in a hurry. He, was, he wasn't playing in the rhythm that he needs to play, and some of that, I think, is, is born out of a bit of that frustration. And so I think that while his, his emotion, him being fiery as a competitor, that's good. That's what got him here. But I think he needs to start evening it out because I think it's starting to affect him now. I think it is affecting him, and I think he sort of doesn't know what else to do. I mean, this is a second-year player who hasn't really gone through any of this before, and I feel like, you know, it's a, with any young person and they experience something for the first time, it's not going to be easy for him. I do, though, think, Kyrie, that there's a disconnect between what those guys are saying, what the Edelmans and the Wilforks of the world are saying, and what the players in the locker room 100%. think because they seem 
outside of Trent Brown, who was liking anti-Mac posts on Instagram the other <laughs> yep. day, uh, and that may explain some of the blocking techniques we've seen from him this year, but outside of Trent Brown and those, uh, those Instagram posts, every single person, every single time, Mac's our guy. We love Mac. Mac's a great leader. All those things. That's all you hear. So if Mac's screaming at the coaches and the players are all on Mac's side, Right, like it sounds like there's a line in the locker room. It sounds like you're on this side or you're on that side. I mean, you hear little whispers about it where guys are just kind of like, yeah, you know, we're going through some stuff. Yeah. You know, they're not going to tell you what it is, but you know what it is. Okay, you know what it is week in and week out. You had Kendrick Bourne after that Buffalo Bills game holding court for 15 minutes. And, I mean, yeah, he got a talking to for the things that he was divulging there. But, but again, it's like it's not like we're going to sit up there and disagree with him because we all see it. And he wasn't the only one, right? There were other guys who said, yeah, like we wish that we had a, you know, gone downfield a little bit more. And, you know, maybe it was a, it was a little bit you know, kind of frustrating that, you know, the, the way the game plan unfolded. Th- this isn't new. And all these guys, look, they know what it is. They see Mac Jones out there, whether it's good or bad. He's out there competing his butt off. He's giving it everything he's got out there. Every one of these guys are just like, yeah, Mac Jones, he's a warrior. We will we will ride with this dude every single time. They know that he's out there giving it everything he's got. Is it always the most constructive way necessarily? Like, like would he benefit from calming down? Probably. And and maybe this team would too. And I feel like there is a, a direct contrast to draw between him and the guy on the other side of things who's calm, cool, collected, and in Joe Burrow I'm talking about. Right. He's got swagger, and he just believes he's going to beat you. He's going to find a way, and he's never going to get shaken. I feel like Matt could definitely benefit from a little bit of that mentality. But in terms of the locker room, like you heard people saying, oh, yeah, the locker room's you know, behind Bailey Zappi, not Mac Jones. You obviously haven't been in this locker room then. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of look at it like, there's a lot of players, on, the, especially on the offensive side. You talk about the skill position players, wide receivers, tight ends. Most of them are guys that were just signed two years ago. Yeah. They got paid. They got overpaid, really, in almost every single instance, I'd say. I mean, every every single free agent signing most of the time is going to be an overpay. Yeah, and in this case, I mean, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, these are day two guys. Uh, yeah. Hunter Henry and Smith were both, I think, day one and two. The big money deals for those guys. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, you do have to generally overpay to get the guys you want, but usually it's better players, you know? Yeah. <laughs> usually you're talking you about... You would like better players. Yeah, when you're talking about the day one guy, the first signings of the, you know, of an offense that needs to be rebuilt. And they seem like they're kind of just happy and that Mac Jones isn't. And, like, I look at it and I think, well, Mac Jones still is looking for that fifth-year option. He's still looking for an extension. He's still looking to make real NFL money. These guys all just got paid, so what are they pissed off about? You know, they're not making any Pro Bowls on this team. I guess there could be that, but all in all, you know, you're not you're not seeing Nelson Aguilar lighten up Matt Patricia. You're not seeing John U. Smith do that, and those guys probably have a right to, too. You know what's interesting, though? It's like, you know, they aren't doing that as as demonstrably, but in the locker room sometimes, especially after these games where, you know, the, the Bills game really stands out to me, they're not happy. Mm. I mean, to, to me, it's clear that, that they are not happy. They are, and it's not just because they've lost. It's like they are searching for answers. And then you hear things like the players have been talking about they need to hold the coaches more accountable. Right. Like that should not be a thing that you should have to hear from your players, that we are going to try to get the coaches to coach us harder to get us more of these details that we need to succeed. That should not be a thing. That should already be what it is. And so I, I feel like there, there's definitely this element of these guys 
I think there is kind of a disconnect. And I feel like there's an element of, look, we got to have each other's backs. And if if they are not going to give us what we need, then we have to take matters into our own hands. Then again, that's how you get plays like what ended the Raiders game. Because yep. when you get guys saying, you know what, um, they're, they're telling us to run this play, this draw play, and, you know, hey, look at that. We got a little further than, than we thought we were going to get. Let's just go ahead and, and see what we can do. Let's go ahead and take matters into our own hands. And then it fails. Not just fails. I fails mean, spectacularly. That you was lose. about a, arguably the worst play in the history of the league. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it's it's, it's on bad. the list of the you know like it's, it's the worst Bleacher play. Report listicles or whatever. Like it's going to be on all of those forever. Like it's, it's the worst. It's the worst play I ever seen. It's really, Especially really bad. Um, what did you think of Bill Belichick's non-answer about Mac as the starter going forward? Did you are we reading too much into that? That's what Curran said. I don't agree with him though. Yeah. So I mean, I, I heard I heard Tommy when he was on here. I would say Tommy was shooting me down left and right. You notice that. I mean, look, flexing on me like I, I'm some like I'm some holiday filling over here. <laughs> <laughs> look, I think that he could have easily just said, "Yeah, sure, why? Yeah, like, yeah," and and left it there. Mm-hmm. He could have done that. The fact that he didn't do that to me again is is calculated. It's a calculated move. I think so too. And and I think whether he's just dismissing it or whether or not he's trying, I, I think that maybe there's a bit of a power move here. Where it's like, hey, Matt, just so you know, you might be over here griping and all that stuff, but if you want to keep on going 13 for 31 for 112 yards, then then let's keep that on the table then and let, like start playing better. And I feel like he's sort of tweaked Mac Jones a couple of times this year now where, where I think he knows that there's a button. He's trying, to, he's trying to find the right button to push with Mac Jones to keep him playing well while also saying, hey, look, man, I'm the coach. Like, you can't just be walking around, you know, dogging out my assistants all the time or questioning things. I don't think that there's really anything to suggest that Bailey Zappi should play or you know, should take over the starting job while this team is in contention or that it would really do much better. I, I feel like, look, People bring up the two games that he played well in. He he really did. But people seem to forget the fact that after those first couple touchdowns he had against the Chicago Bears, he didn't do jack no. nothing in the second half of that. Which is what you could against, say Mac Jones has done against, in the last five games. Against, against a bad Bears defense. <laughs> but, but at the same time, that's also not true. He was bad against the Raiders. But I feel like he was good against the Vikings. You're right about that. I think he's also drawn blood from a stone a couple of times in some of these games where it doesn't look like he's done a whole lot. But he's played about as well as perhaps you could expect for a team that has a terrible offense. Like, that's the thing, right? Like, context is everything. Like, Mac Jones isn't necessarily lighting the world on fire and his numbers look terrible. But everybody's numbers look terrible in this offense. This this entire operation is bad. And when you play, have a have a subpar supporting cast, you have subpar coaching. This is the kind of stuff that you get. If you had Mac Jones playing with what he had last year, he doesn't he doesn't look like this. So I do think you need to tell you need to speak it out loud when Mac Jones is bad. At the same time, the idea that oh yeah, Bailey Zappi's the answer. Look, man, I'm sorry. I've seen enough of this guy. Like I know we've seen him in the regular season and preseason. I saw him. All summer and everything. He's not your savior. 11 games for Max, seven touchdowns. Four games for Bailey is five. I mean, that that's a number that... The Detroit Lions are giving it up to literally everyone. Maybe they are. Maybe literally Cleveland is too. Although everyone. Cleveland the next week uh, kicked uh, Cincinnati's ass after uh, after Zappi uh, tore him up there. So, again, the, the other pr- thing... The pride games. Right. But the only other thing I would say about this is that from Bill Belichick's perspective, the way he answered that question... 
He probably looks at Bailey Zappi as someone who's not going to MF all the coaches, who's not going to say, no, I want to run my offense. I want to go deep downfield. I want to do this. I want to do that. I don't like what Patricia's calling. Bailey Zappi's a guy who's going to say, yes, sir, no, sir, whatever you say, sir. Uh, just I'm happy to be in the game. Yeah, that's this sort of, is exactly it. That matters to Bill, though, and that's probably what he wants. He doesn't want some independent thinking quarterback. He wants a yes sir, no sir, I'll do whatever you say quarterback. So I think the zappy thing is still very much in play here, just based on that. And, I mean, I would wonder if if this is a situation where the Patriots are out of the postseason, if you might actually see Bailey Zappi the last game last game of the year. I mean, mm. who knows? But, but, again, I still think that, in the end, the most important thing. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For Bill Belichick is winning. And he might want, yes, sir, no, sir, I'll do whatever you say, sir. But if ba- if he thought that Bailey Zappi was really the better quarterback, the guy who was going to give you a chance to win and make the postseason, then you might have seen him. Then again, I feel like he are, he proved to you in in a game where they had to come back and win, and he had to he had to play big boy football that he couldn't do it right now. Not to say he never can, but he right. couldn't do it. And if you're looking at that version of Bailey Zappi and saying, "Oh yeah, let me go ahead and put that guy in," they don't want to do that because they know that right now Mac Jones is the best opportunity to win. All right, your phone number six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I see you lining up. We'll get to your phone calls, and the Pro Bowl voting is out. We'll get to uh, that too. Patriots. Underrepresented, I think, is a nice way of putting it. We'll get to uh, all of that with your phone calls next. W-E-E-I. Love E-E-I, man. W-E-E-I. W-E-E-I. New England's sports original. Santa Claus. Go straight to the ghetto. 617-779-7937. That is your phone number here at Sports Radio WEEI. It's Christian Arkin. It's Kyrie Thompson. We'll get to the uh, Pro Bowl voting here in just a moment. But first, let's go to the phones. Uh, we haven't heard from the people in a little bit. Let's start with David, who is in the car and uh, has a take on Bill Belichick's mysterious answer about who the starting quarterback is going to be. David, uh, go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, guys. So thank you for taking the call. Merry Got Christmas it. to everyone. Back so- at you. My, my thing with Belichick, I don't think Belichick wants Cam, uh, what a Cam got. He doesn't. He wanted Cam. That that was the problem. He doesn't want Mac. And, and the the fact that he's not answering, you know. And I'm not saying he's going to start Sappy. I think if Sappy had come back on that game against the against Chicago, I, I think there's a good possibility he would have been the starter the following week if he came back and won that game. Well, but yeah. Anyhow, and if you're was, on, if you're on, on Tad, you know what? She'd be your uncle. So I mean, that's not what happened. Yeah. It is, yeah. but I think he wants to move on from Mac Jones, and and I've said this before, and and some people kind of laugh, but don't be surprised that you see Jimmy Garoppolo back here next year. Do not be surprised. Okay, uh, you want to take that one, Kyrie? Jimmy Garoppolo next year. I mean, people have floated it. Bill Barnwell from uh, ESPN floated it a couple of weeks ago. I wrote it up. Um, I would say that there is a non-zero chance that something like that happens. I think that would, for example, be more likely than Tom Brady coming back, personally. Right. Um, and then maybe you have some veteran competition there at the quarterback position, and, and you could say to yourself, hey, if uh, 
you know, it just, this is all hypothetical, right? But say you did do that, and you and you had Jimmy Garoppolo back, and then and you had him competing with Mac Jones, and then you said, you know what? If we can get you know a first round pick or you know some decent picks for Mac Jones and ship him off, hey, maybe you go ahead and do that. I I, I would say those are non-zero you know probabilities. I still think though that given what Jimmy Garoppolo has done since leaving the fact that he's been to a Super Bowl mm-hmm. and the fact that he's also led a team to you know another NFC championship. It was having a monster year yeah. this year before he got hurt, yeah. So I think it's possible that, I mean, that's still going to be a price tag that he's not going to want to spend at the quarterback position. And still, the most valuable thing you can have in this sport is a, is a rookie quarterback. You know, on, on a rookie contract, he's still going to be, Mac Jones still going to be really cheap. And again, I think that there you could look at it and say, if we can self-evaluate and see what we did wrong this year in terms of the supporting cast, fix the offensive schematic issues that we have, then maybe we can get more out of this. I just feel like it would be a lot to throw him away just because of this year. Yeah, I, I sort of think so too. Uh, even Baker Mayfield, he had that great rookie year. He had a terrible second year, and then his third year he was good again. You know, and I just, I don't know. I don't want to throw in the towel on Mac Jones yet, even though his rookie year, which was the good one, I still think wasn't, that impressive like there was there was some games where he looked good but it was really good for a rookie but yeah, it wasn't it like it was a good rookie yeah. season you yeah. know like Gardner Minshew had a good rookie season like yeah. you know that's about that's about what it was so yeah. I, uh, I I I still believe in Mac and I do think he's been uh, mistreated this year absolutely but I'm also that that Raiders game I mean that's watching him he, with time he, to he throw and you know I know some guys dropped some passes. I was arguing with Orlovsky about this yesterday some guys dropped some passes in the game sure how many passes did he miss and and you know what look I, I think that I would quibble with him, and, and, and I mean, look, I respect his experience and, and, and stuff as an NFL quarterback, but I— He loves his quarterbacks, I, though, doesn't he? I just do not see how you could look at that throw that he made to Johnny Smith. And yes! Was okay. Oh, my God, he fought me on that. I, I just—no. That ball Taco landed, Fall wouldn't have caught that. That ball. ball landed like three full yards out of bounds. I don't see how Janu Smith. Is, uh, yeah, if if he was Kevin Garnett, maybe he <laughs> maybe he gets his fingertips on it. But otherwise, no. That was a non-competitive throw to me. And I think that some of the the, the other misses that he had, I was talking about the mechanics and and stuff. I just, the timing just was off. I don't think there was anything wrong with like you know oh his feet are all over the place or whatever. I think I think he was just off. Like he threw the ball too early, or you know he the, the ball came out of his hand weird. It was just not a good game. He missed Jacoby Myers up the seam on a throw that yeah. you would normally expect him to hit. I mean, look, players, quarterbacks have bad games. It happens, but I don't think you can afford more bad games for Mac Jones if you have any any desire of making the postseason from here on out. Bob is in Andover. He thinks we're bashing Mac too much. Go ahead, Bob. Hey Bob. guys. Hey Bob. Yeah, how are you? Good. I just gotta say a couple of things. The Mac bashing is getting ridiculous. First thing is, if you put Tom Brady on the Patriots right now, he wouldn't be doing any better. Well, he would have more than seven touchdowns, Bob. I think he'd have more than seven touchdowns. I'm sorry, I just I gotta I gotta stop you there. You know what? (laughs) You know what? He has no offensive line. He has no offensive coordinator. He has nothing. Look at his stats when he did it, Alabama, who could probably beat Houston in the NFL. Look at his stats last year, Bob. They were much better. I agree with you. But, I mean, the offensive players were mostly the same. Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, the so, only changes. I was so happy when Brady left because, you know what? There was no tight ends on the team when Brady left. They had no tight end. So put, put, some, put some 
people around Mac that can that can do a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thanks for the call. What? <laughs> what did he say? I was so happy Tom, when Brady left because there was no tight ends. What does that mean? Yeah, uh, I don't know about all that. Um, like Tom the, Brady would. What was he talking about? Tom Brady would be playing better than Mac Jones right now. Of course he would. He would not be with the Tom Brady that we were accustomed to. Because here's the thing: I don't know I if like, this would be a playoff team with Tom Brady. We we we've seen this movie before. We right. saw it in in 2019, and everybody thought that Tom Brady was falling off that he didn't have it because he didn't have receivers. Mm-hmm. And so then he he goes to Tampa Bay where they have a ready made Super Bowl roster. They just need a quarterback. And oh, what do you look at that? They won a Super Bowl. I I think that. Again, I understand that Mac Jones is not an elite player. Like, I think that he's still a good player. I think there are some people who are like, oh, yeah, he's terrible. He stinks or whatever. But I feel like that's that's narrative stuff that you probably thought before when he was coming out. And so, like, it's hard for me to take that too seriously. He's a good player, but he's not an elite one. And it's fair to say, like, maybe you never see him as a top 10 quarterback. But I think it's also fair to say that maybe – if you helped him out more, yeah, maybe you could find out more if he could if he could elevate guys because I think that's what we've seen with other quarterbacks in in similar situations. Yeah, certainly with with Tom Brady. I will say this: for all the talk about the Patriots and how bad they are, they're a couple of bad calls away from being you know potentially uh, flipping their uh, nine and the five right now. Really, I mean that's that's what they could be if uh, they had gotten that call right against Vegas, which I still think was the wrong call there. It was. And the Hunter Henry play, too, which, I mean, I don't know if that one, if you think that one was a bad call or not. but It was. It was one of those, it could have gone either way, and if those had both gone the Patriots' way, those could have been two wins right there. Especially the Vikings call, the Hunter Henry one. Yeah. Because, dog, like, they called it a touchdown on the field. I know. And, and then they took it. it all the way away. I could understand if you decided it was, uh, you know, fourth and, and at the half inch line if you really want to do that. But they took the whole thing away. That was that was worse in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Let's go back to the phones. Colin is in Framingham. He is a Bengals fan. Hi, Colin. Hey, happy holidays, guys. You too. I just wanted Hello. to ask a, a few questions for you because as a Bengals fan, I, I do listen to the show occasionally, but you know I don't have my own radio show up here. But um, do you guys think uh, that the Stout Patriots defense will be good enough to stop Joe Burrow? No. No. <laughs> stop him? No. Uh, could they get a couple stops here and there? Maybe. I feel like uh, I feel like they still have a good enough front, and the secondary's good enough that they could maybe make his life kind of difficult. But can they stop him? No, I don't think they nope, can stop they him. they can't stop him. And I've got to be honest, they cannot, for, for 60 minutes, they can't cover those receivers. No, they're going to get open. Buffalo proved that. And I think the Bengals receivers are better. So yeah. that, that's that's how I see it. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back at the top of the hour. we got the Pro Bowl voting to get to. Also, some Celtics thoughts uh, left over from the first hour. Kyrie Thompson going to be here for uh, the remainder of the show. Yes, sir. Uh, so we'll get to all of those things right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.